When I remember my teenage years, the intimidating figure of Paul Murphy usually swaggers into my mind. Paul Murphy was in the year above me. Paul Murphy was sophisticated. I was naive. Paul Murphy was hip. I was square. Paul Murphy had a bulging social calendar. I was shy. Paul Murphy rode a shiny new Honda motorcycle to school each day. It was a 250cc machine which, for a 17-year-old, was more power than anyone needs. It also gave him that most precious and sought-after commodity, the ability to impress girls. My motorcycle was only 125 cc's, so Paul Murphy was twice the man I was, with double the prospects on the romance front. His bike was silver, and it shimmered in the sun in a way that made it appear like some chariot from heaven, or even more impressive, from hell. Mine was red. A perfectly acceptable colour if you're choosing curtains. (laughs) I don't like Paul Murphy, but it's not because his bike was flashier than mine. No, the reason I remember him so vividly and why I dislike him so intensely that over 35 years later I still can't let it go (laughs) is that he owes me five pounds. It was one Tuesday after school. Uh, We both happened to be in the bike sheds at the same time, putting on our helmets and our jackets. His jacket was real leather and mine was plastic. And he asked me if he could borrow five pounds and he'd pay me back on Friday. Now, I was one of those Christian kids who were supposed to say yes to this sort of thing. So instead of saying... Okay, but first you have to give me the phone number of a cute girl, which is what I should have said. I stammered, of course, Paul. Now, five pounds then would be the equivalent of about 30 pounds today, which is around 50 dollars. 50 bucks to a 16-year-old. That's a fortune. And then Friday rolled round. Paul Murphy strutted down the corridor towards me. I smiled expectantly and said, Hi, Paul. And he, barely noticing me, grunted high and breezed past. So, at the bike sheds that afternoon, I kind of loitered near his bike. And when he arrived, I tried to start up some meaningless chatter in the hope that he would remember he owed me five quid. But not a hint on his face that he even remembered taking my hard-earned newspaper delivery earnings just three days earlier. Now, being the Christian kid, I remembered a Bible verse where Jesus says, Lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great in heaven, and you will be called sons of the Most High. So I took out my key and scratched, I forgive you, across the paintwork of his silver dream machine. No, I didn't. I never, ever mentioned it. 
But I do take comfort in the Bible verse. So, Paul Murphy, if you're listening to this on some podcast, you may have stolen my five quid, but my reward is great in heaven. (laughs) Then where will your flashy bike get you? Actually, uh, for the interests of thorough research for this sermon, I tried to find Paul Murphy. Uh, I searched high and low on the internet, and there is no trace of him. I guess they don't let you go on Facebook in prison, which is surely where he is. (laughs) Paul Murphy owes me five pounds. I owe him a bill for 37 years of interest at 15% APR. Paul Murphy owes me respect. I owe him justice. Paul Murphy owes me an apology. I owe him a piece of my mind. Or do I? Our patron saint, St. Paul, sidles up beside me this morning and nudges me. He whispers into my ear what he wrote at the start of today's epistle reading. He kills me with shocking words, painful words, life-altering words. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Turns out, Paul Murphy owes me five pounds and I owe him love. Paul Murphy owes me respect and I owe him love. Paul uh, Murphy owes me an apology and I owe him nothing except love. Paul Murphy comes in all shapes and sizes, colours and ethnicities, both sexes and all backgrounds. Sometimes Paul Murphy works in the same place as us, drives on the same road as us, even goes to the same church as us. Paul Murphy can wear a uniform, staff a business or run for office. Paul Murphy may live on the other side of the road, in the next town or even in the same house. Paul Murphy gets everywhere, especially into your head. Our calling, should we be courageous enough to accept it, is to show Paul Murphy the love we owe him. The love our patron saint tells us is our duty. But Paul Murphy won't make it easy. Because the world in which Paul Murphy and we exist runs on rules of fairness. We have transactional dealings with people. We hand over money and we receive goods and services in exchange. When we don't, we are wronged. We treat others with respect and courtesy and we receive the same in return. When we don't, we feel slighted. We go out of our way to express kindness and grace to friends and family and we reap the beauty we have sown. When we don't, the feeling of being let down can mutate into a sense of betrayal. It's called the social contract. We endeavour to live peacefully with other people, treating them politely and thoughtfully. And we expect everyone else to join in. But Jesus, and now St. Paul, 
blow the social contract wide open. Life, for us, is not a series of transactions where we are bound to treat people with respect only when they are treating us that way. It's not to be lived as a quid pro quo experience. We owe people nothing except love. Not revenge, not anger, not the cold shoulder, not even justice. Just love. Paul says as much in the following few verses. It's not just the social contract that is blown apart by the call to love. The written moral code is also. The Ten Commandments are superseded, fulfilled, says Paul, by the imperative to love. We are no longer governed by Hebrew laws, but by the urge to love that is planted in us and nurtured by the Holy Spirit, which gives life, spontaneity and joy instead of the deadliness of cold, hard, religious laws. Now I have a dark, ugly confession to make to you. Sometimes I resent God's goodness. Not all the time, you understand. Uh, No, much of the time I'm delighted when God blesses people, especially when the people concerned are me. I'll take any amount of blessing, thanks very much. Health, wealth, happy circumstances of all kinds. Yes, God can pour on me, not just pennies from heaven, but every coin and banknote resembling every material and spiritual blessing, even when I think I don't deserve it. No, it's when God blesses some other people that I get uppity. You know those people. The ones I can label sinners because they do things I'm never tempted to do. Or because they commit the same sins as I, but they seem to enjoy them a whole lot more. Or be more successful at committing them or covering them up. Then I become like the religious leaders at the time of Jesus who resented sinners receiving Christ's grace and embrace. I get agitated when corrupt people prosper when cruel people thrive, and when greedy people achieve the extravagance they lust after. I become the older son in the parable who stomps off to his room, stamping his foot and shaking his fist at his father, preferring to wallow in his self-righteous misery than go to a party thrown by his unfair dad for his undeserving brother. In the words of Dr. Phil... How's that working for you? (laughs) It's then that I need to go to school with a great poet, the author of Psalm 37, who says, Do not fret yourself over the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger. Leave rage alone. Don't fret yourself. It leads only to evil. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. It's then that I need to bless those who curse, to love those who hate, to grant grace to those who despise it, to wish well to those who mean ill and give them up to God. 
It's then that I must return to the throne of grace I yearn to live by, to the presence of the God who treats me unfairly, who forgives me when I don't deserve it and loves me when I most resist it. Who is your Paul Murphy? Who stole from you, disrespected you, exploited your goodness? Who deprived you of your dignity, abused your innocence, damaged your soul? Whose actions have crawled into your mind and taken up residence in a back room, unnoticed but certainly felt? They squat there, choking your peace and stifling your joy. Hear the word of the Lord through our brother Paul. Owe no one anything except to love one another. I bet when you entered church this morning, you were not expecting the new rector to tell you that God is unfair and he calls you to act unfairly too. But that is the good news. God does not treat us the way our sins deserve. No amount of greed, hate and self-absorption will force him to stop loving you and forgiving you. God will not be manipulated by our moral failings to behave in a way that is contrary to his nature and his will. And his nature and his will are to love, to forgive and to bless. Do we really think we are so powerful that we can change God's loving heart? That by the magnitude or ugliness of our failings, we can force him to withhold his love from us? On the way out of church, you can push people over, barge your way to the front of the line, then throw punch down the shirt of the person next to you, and there will surely be consequences. But one of them will not be, cannot be, that God will love you any less than he does now. And how he loves you now is total, eternal and impossible to reduce, change or influence. There is nothing you can do to make God love you less. Nothing. Nothing. I hope one day to see Paul Murphy again. Not at a high school reunion or even on Facebook, but in a city paved with gold, where angels worship, where Christ is enthroned, and where the only motorcycle to be heard is the sound of God's triumph. And if we do indeed meet again on that distant, tranquil shore, then we will celebrate together the love which has destroyed the barriers built by human sin, the walls constructed by fear and the hostility bred by moral failure. We will revel in the love of God that has redeemed us, transformed us and melted away all spite. We will embrace as brothers now reconciled by the love of God on which we have both depended and which it was a duty and also our joy to owe. And so may you be filled with the grace of God, filled with love for your Paul Murphy and for all whom you meet this week. Amen.